of Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me ask you, is Lost a good TV show? Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to answer the question posed by the devil. Old Scratch himself wondering, is Lost a good TV show? We don't know. We're on episode nine so far. Seems like, yeah, but that could change at any moment. Yeah, a lot of pressure. All it takes is uh, one bad episode and uh, maybe the entire public opinion can just immediately turn on the show. We'll Mm -hmm. see. Before we get into this week's episode, we do, of course, need to talk about our dads. And we really haven't gone into this much at all. So, Emma, I wanted to ask you, has your dad ever watched the television program Lost? I think he watched it as it was coming out, but he was not a super big fan. Mm. I I don't think he was very invested in it. He was more of like an AMC, Breaking Bad, Mad Men dad. Sure. So it could be argued that your dad has taste, is what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I'll put Breaking Bad on the same level as uh, Lost, maybe, in terms of uh, taste. But Mm -hmm. Mad Men's definitely a little higher. Nice. Well. And your dad did, right? Yeah, we watched it together. Yeah. We did a weekly watch through. Nice. Of the show. Yeah. Uh, He liked it. Um, Did he like the ending? Yes. Okay. I think the only ending... Of a show that we've watched that he didn't care for was Sopranos. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a good ending. I don't know. It's a weird one, though. It's a weird one, yeah. The uh, the problem with that one, too, which here's some spoilers for the uh, uh, 15-year-old show, The Sopranos. Um, it ends with a uh, cut to black, but we had been having internet issues while we were watching it. So the show did keep cutting out to black on the way to to the finale so when it just happened at the end it was just like oh is this nope that is the show and i knew that that's how it ended i had had that spoiled for me prior so i was kind of like oh yeah no that is actually that is the ending it does seem like a technical malfunction you are correct but that is the end that's funny (laughs) now we know whether or not our dads have watched lost it's really going to inform the rest of this podcast i think Mm -hmm. uh this episode, episode nine, Solitary. Uh, what did you think of it? Overall thoughts? I loved it. I, I love Saeed. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've touched on that before. Um, big fan of that actor. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just love that There's um, we get to see an episode centered around him. And it's a really good one, too. Like, now we're kind of, like, diving into the heart of the island. Yes. Damon Lindelof, I saw, did an interview where he talked about how this is the first episode where the the mythos gets, like, or the mythos gets expanded mm-hmm. or gets touched on. I don't know if that's true. I feel like the, you know, whatever's knocking down trees is maybe the first time you really touch into, like, the backstory of any of the the craziness going on on the island. And also Locke's story, too. Yes. I feel like that's a really big... Yeah, that too. Yeah. For sure. Because, yeah, for the most part, everything has been pretty normal up until this point. Like, if the show... If the island that they landed on had been a completely normal island, and this was just a a regular show about a bunch of survivors, the show would look look like 90% the same right now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Which I would but watch yeah. that show. Yeah, I would still watch that show. I mean, that's what it was pitched as originally until J.J. Uh, Abrams got his mitts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Typical J.J. Yeah, he added uh, he added that good stuff, and then he left <laughs> before <laughs> finishing up that good stuff. Yeah, this is the first episode with like a real answer, though, to any question that's been posed. Because you have the transmission of the from the French woman, and now we find out, you know, who that was. Yeah. And there's obviously a million more questions that get brought up when we do find her. But I mean, that's that's the show, baby. Mm-hmm. So this one aired on November seventeenth, two thousand four. Directed by Greg Yaitanis. Um, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but uh, he. He directed, I believe, three or four episodes of Lost total. Uh, this is his first one. Uh, but it looks like he's mostly known for directing um, uh, House, the oh. Hugh Laurie show. Did you watch that show? I did. I watched that with my parents when I was coming out. I did, too. I don't know if that was the start of the wave of shows or if it was a part of it, but there was just that that trend of like TV shows where it's like, the main guy is so good at what he does, but he's also a little bit difficult to work with. He's a little bit tortured. He's kind <laughs> he's of an asshole. Tor- yeah, he's kind of a jerk, <laughs> if you think about it. But Hugh Laurie plays it great, so... He does a great job in that show. And then it was written by David Fury, who was the was a writer for Lost for this first season, and he came from... I guess he worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, and Angel. Yes. Um, Do you know what seasons of Buffy... I don't. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I I didn't watch that show. I and I it's hard for me to go watch it now yeah, because I, I yeah. kind of despise everything Joss Whedon stands for. Yeah. But and then he went on to after the first season of Lost, he ends up going to 24. Oh, um, really? Yes, a show that handles the uh, politics of torture. About as well as lost. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's kind of a natural progression, though, th- this episode to 24. I can kind of see that. I think 24 had already been had already been out. It's so funny, that show, to think about, because it's like, the gimmick of it was, all right, there's 24 episodes a season, and each episode is one real-time hour of this full day that this dude is having. Which, that's brilliant just because it guarantees that if the show goes on, you do have 24 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. But it's wild to think about. Like, and I mean, the first season of Lost has 25 episodes in it. Um, it's just stupid. There shouldn't be that many no. episodes in a season of right. television. It doesn't work. I mean, all the streaming stuff has like 8 to 12. And that's yeah. usually too many for those. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to start off with Saeed on the beach uh, looking at a picture of uh, Nadia, as we will later find out. Uh, he's looked at it before. And that's the same woman, right? Because there was something that you had mentioned where they cast it late. And it's the same picture, right? Yes. It was okay. just that when that episode was originally shot, um, it ha- she hadn't been cast yet. But I think they did some kind of reshoot to get her picture in gotcha. uh, once she had been cast. And so, um, yeah, so there's some Arabic writing on the back. We don't get a translation for it. But as Saeed is just chilling there, he notices a little cable on the beach. And he walks over to it, unearths it, and it's a big cable. Um, it goes two different ways. One all the way just out into the water, and then more inland. Uh, this is 
I don't know why. This is creepy to me. Seeing the cable yeah. just go into the water. Something about that is weird. I don't like mm -hmm. that. I mean, I know that that's how it works, I guess, with other stuff. And norm obviously, normally, cables aren't just uh, on top of the, the beach. They're buried because people would uh, destroy them. We don't really get an answer for that, uh, for what this cable is this time. Mm -hmm. He's le He, you know, starts... It just leads to nothing. And then he... Uh, he keeps going down and eventually gets trapped, which we'll talk about. But it already is setting up a whole other mystery of where that cable's going out to. What a great way to start the episode, too. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. great hook. Yeah. I mean, you know, the show has a big ensemble, so you can't really spend too much time with just one person. Saeed going off... Like, in this episode in particular, it cuts nonstop between... Saeed, back to everyone else. Back to Saeed, back to everyone else. Um, that is my only gripe with this episode. It, because yes. the other stuff that was going on was way too lighthearted for what Saeed was experiencing, and it like really um, shifted the mood. I, kind of, I think that's intentional, though, right? I think that they don't want to have an episode of TVB that depressing. Sure. Or be that much of a bummer. I, I think for like network TV, because, I mean... The, I don't know, I'm not going to say that they perfected it or anything like that, but Game of Thrones really had had it down great, where they could be like, no, we'll have an episode that is a bummer, and you'll talk about why that's a bummer mm -hmm. uh, with all your buddies. So it's still good to do that. But I don't think, I think in 2004, ABC wants to have, uh, have it be pleasant to watch. A little more balance. Yeah. I can see that. But yes, it, it is a little bit of whiplash going between the two. Mm-hmm. I think the cuts should have been faster. I think we should have seen Saeed getting tortured, cut to somebody sinking a hole in one, cut to Saeed getting cut open. 60 seconds max on yeah. each. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> so back on the beach, uh, Jack is uh, patching up Sawyer. Uh, you know, they argue for a little bit. Sawyer saying that Jack's only there because he feels guilty about uh, torturing him. Uh, probably fair. I, there's... Mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, nobody apologizes to Sawyer, which is wild. It's kind of, I mean, we talked about it. It is kind of Sawyer's fault that it happened. Uh, yeah. In the sense that, like, you're pushing people to do that. What do you think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Jack says that the only reason that he's there is because uh, nobody else wants anything to do with Sawyer. And Sawyer gives him a she does, and that pisses oh. off uh, Jack enough that he leaves. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... Where you see Sawyer, it <laughs> Sawyer and Kate do have some kind of connection. It is a bummer that Sawyer just uses it to mess with Jack mostly. Yeah, and it is also crazy that Sawyer and Kate are friends. Makes Jack so mad that he just takes off. Uh, yeah, and Sawyer gives Jack maybe his worst nickname up to date. I don't want to say worst because obviously calling Saeed captain falafel or whatever was, is racist pretty bad yeah yeah they're not good yeah <laughs> but in terms of um he calls him dr quinn yeah i guess just because they're doctors like there's no other similarities <laughs> at all <laughs> no. maybe this racist for me to say that is the worst now that i think about it site has nothing to do with falafel no yeah terrible nickname awful terrible nickname, nickname. um i will say that like brought back a wave of memories of like mid 90s television mm -hmm. that I would watch with my parents. Um did you ever watch Dr. Quinn? Medicine I, Woman? 
No, I. It was I, so I, bad. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it should be right up my alley because it's a western, right? Yeah, it's like it's set in the old west, and it follows this doctor, this uh, medicine woman, and it's just it's yeah. terrible. It's so bad, but it shared a time slot with Touched by an Angel, which my family was obsessed with. So, like, we would naturally, like, watch Dr. Quinn and Touched by an Angel. So it just brought back all of these memories of just watching terrible television with my family. (laughs) But what else are you going to do? Yeah. That's what TV Um, was then, baby. That's right. I mean, look, would I kill for a television program about Jane Seymour playing a doctor in the Old West? that would come out right now? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. That would be the greatest thing ever. But no, I never uh, I never really watched that show. I think it was like a step above like Hercules and Xena. Sure. Warrior Princess. Did you, did you like, like those ones? Oh, I loved those. Yeah. I mean, Xena is the gayest show that's ever, yeah. that was on 90s television, right? I'm trying to think. Absolutely. I mean, maybe Ellen, but I don't even count that. Um Xena was way gayer than Ellen. Yeah, that's wild. I wonder, I should, I have never looked into who created that show, but I wonder if they were trying to make a statement with it or what. I don't know. After this podcast, we should do a Xena Warrior Princess podcast. Oh, sure. Well, that's only, what, (laughs) 10, 12 episodes on that show? So that'll be a quick one. (laughs) Right, yeah. There's no way that one has 240 episodes that all came (laughs) out from 1992 to 1994. Right. Um, Kate is uh, worried about Saeed. Uh, and she kind of blames Jack uh, for Saeed going off. And, I mean, rightfully so. He let that happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't... I mean, that's the thing that's crazy, is they didn't have to torture him like that. They could have right. just slapped him around a little bit. Mm-hmm. It would have amounted to the same thing. He would have asked for Kate, and then the same stuff would have happened. Yeah, it was a an emotional decision that really backfired on everybody. Yeah. Now, are all of these male characters going to get a reputation for being emotional? No, they're not. (laughs) Will Kate for being mad about it? Yeah, of course. Jack says Saeed can take care of himself. He's a trained uh, soldier. And uh, I have written in my notes. Okay. After that line, Mm -hmm. I'm with Jack about Saeed. (laughs) And then literally the next scene. Yes. Happens. And And I wrote, LOL, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's right in the sense that, I mean... As far as they know, this island is unoccupied. Like, the French sure. transmission feels like something where, oh, yeah, that, that lady's dead. Yeah, like, this, she's She's dead for sure. Mm-hmm. I, am, I agree that I was, I'm fine with Saeed going off. And also, like, that should have happened by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone should have gone out to map the island. I understand, like, wanting to wait all in one place. But, I mean, yeah, they should, you should see how big this thing is on. This island right. is. Right, yeah. Um, and I think this, like, I mean, we'll get into this more, but how there's really not an assignment of tasks to people. Mm-hmm. Um, this should have been assigned to somebody, like, yes. way sooner. But it should, Yeah, it should have been the most annoying person where you're like, hey, we <laughs> really need you to... Yeah, Char- <laughs> hey, Char- Charlie, um, sorry to interrupt your conversation where you're harassing uh, this now fifth woman, uh, mm-hmm. we need you to uh, go get the entire shape of this island down real quick. Thanks, man. I will say this is, I mean, we'll get to it. This is Charlie's best episode, I think. 
he's uh, the least annoying that he is yeah. in any of them. Uh, yeah. So, Saeed uh, spots a tripwire in the woods. Um, incredible. I would never spot that in a million nope. years. I would have, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, sliced my foot off or whatever that thing's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he avoids it, steps over it, and then is immediately hung upside down in another trap. He didn't have to step over it. How far does that thing go? Like five feet? Yeah. Just go around it. You're in a jungle. You're not on a road. Right. He uh, he swings. He gets stabbed in the leg with a tree branch and loses consciousness. Now, you're probably thinking as a viewer of this show, oh, he loses consciousness. That's the only time that'll happen in this episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and we'll see. He wakes up and it's nighttime now. And uh, sees somebody, a blurry shape, cut the rope and let him down. And uh, then he loses consciousness again. All right, we're at two. Um, My first thought during that scene was that it was uh, Locke. I forgot that it introduced a new character. Yeah. I mean, that there there wouldn't be any mystery, though. That would be great if it was Locke. Just, like, going absolute rogue on him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in the caves, we get a new character. We get two this episode. Well, three, mm-hmm. I guess, technically, including yeah. Rousseau. Uh, but two pulled from the uh, the cast of extras. The first one that we're going to meet here, I don't think they ever say his name in the episode. He's credited as Sullivan. Hmm. This dude, what do you think about him? Annoying. You don't like him? No. Why? Does he have, like, a bad vibe? He has, like, does a he bad vibe about him. make your skin crawl immediately upon seeing him? Yeah. Um, not upon seeing him. He just... the They make him such a little worm. I hate yeah. Um, they do. The guy got a... I, I, you got to feel bad for him, because it's got to be great to be like, oh, I'm, like, I don't know, guest star or, you know, whatever the term is, but, like, I've got a little spot on the most popular, like, TV show that's airing right now. I've got multiple scenes with a bunch of different lines of dialogue. Sucks that they give you a character that sucked. Yeah, seriously. Uh, um, also, how are you in your 50s, I'm assuming? Maybe mm-hmm. like early 60s and not know what hives are? Yeah. Um, like he's just being insufferable. Like I kind of yeah. get why Jack is annoyed with him. Yeah, I mean, Jack isn't, like, an actual doctor where he's, like, running a practice. So he does technically have, like, you know, uh, 24 hours in the day where he's just kind of chilling, not really doing anything until something bad comes up. So I'm not necessarily going to say don't waste his time. But also, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. If someone gets hurt and Jack's sitting there looking at you and going, oh, no, that's a a, uh, hangnail. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just, you'll be fine. Uh, that's a bummer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a hypochondriac. Um, thinks he has a tropical disease rash. It is just hives. He goes away in... Uh, now, I will say, if I did think I had a tropical disease rash, I would not be... Hey, Doc, can you take a look at me in the middle of everybody else? Right um, right next to the water. Yeah, right next to the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Doc, I've got this, like, pus coming out of my back. Can we, can you just, I know you're eating dinner right now. Let me just, um, so (laughs) Hurley, after he leaves, talks to Jack about how people need an outlet for stress. Um, 
And Jack says, look, I'm doing everything I can. Uh, you know, things could be worse. And Hurley says, how? Which uh, I can say I agree with Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm one of the 30 people that doesn't talk uh, to the main people on the island, I'd be having a blast right now. I mean, maybe I'd be getting sick of bore or whatever. But they're just chilling on an island. Like, sucks not being home, I guess. But you can, you can find stuff to do. Um, But Hurley is correct that if people don't get an outlet for their stress, they will go insane, as we see uh, one episode prior where Sawyer got stabbed. Mm -hmm. Um, Saeed wakes up in a bunker. Uh, He is being asked, where is Alex? In a bunch of different languages. And he's being tortured with electricity. Uh, And we start our first flashback. As Saeed is torturing a, a, a military officer, or some member of the enemy military. Um, so this scene starts in Arabic and then switches to English. This, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like with uh, Jin and Sun that they, uh, that they do the subtitles the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it already. Jin's accent is, or Daniel Day Kim's accent, I should say, is not good. Um, but he's pretty understandable, apparently. Like you, you know, in Korean native Korean speakers are going to hear it and immediately be like, "Oh, what is going on there?" But they'll at least know what he's saying. Apparently, uh, Naveen Andrews' uh, Arabic is truly abysmal. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, like, really, really bad. Uh, so I guess it's a good thing that, that they let him do it in English. Or maybe that's why, I guess. I don't... It sounds like there's nothing to translate, really. Like, it's, is it pretty garbled, or...? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's... I, from what I've heard, I mean, I don't speak Arabic, so I I don't really know. But I, I've just I've heard that it's, like... Whereas Jin is, like... Yeah, this is obviously being done by someone who doesn't actually, you know, speak Korean fluently. Uh, mm-hmm. Saez is like, oh, this is somebody who's trying to sound out the uh, the words from the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Naveen Andrews, I mean, his accent that he's doing as Saeed is not really like an Iraqi accent either. Um, he's from London, and mm-hmm. he's kind of just doing like a generic Middle Eastern accent. I mean, it's fine. That's really all you need. And nobody's going to be calling that out, especially in 2004. So, I mean, the whole episode deals with Saeed torturing people. Um, We've talked about this a bit. It is insane that in 2004, like, the, the narrative was such that, like, the problem was the Iraqi guy. Yeah. was torturing people because it's <laughs> I don't know I don't know how much stuff had come out publicly at this point exactly about uh, what we were doing in the Middle East mm-hmm. um, so I know that you know obviously culturally that becomes a debate for a while uh, I mean we're we're into George Bush's or we're about to be into his second term here right. he just got yep. reelected so I feel mm-hmm. like it had come out a bit right this, so this was probably a cultural issue I mean it's crazy to think like and that's not to say that you know in the Gulf War, um, the Republican Guard didn't also torture people. I'm sure that they did. Uh, it's just like, it's cool that Saeed is a character and that he's a good guy. It is a bummer to me that he is kind of a sin eater for 
what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels a little, like, propaganda-y. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge bummer. Um, but, again, like you were saying, it's I do like that he is a character with depth, too. That um, they have him playing this person. It just sucks that, like, the way that they're doing his first flashback how it ties into kind of the current narrative going on politically right yeah especially because like i mean these first few flashbacks we don't really get a whole lot of a sense of who people are like we don't get a sense of like their childhood or their family jack i guess we did with his dad but like i mean for the most part john locke you definitely get the sense that his life is like kind of pathetic But Mm -hmm. you don't get a sense of anything outside of why he's going to Australia. And same with Kate. We don't get anything from her except for her, you know, being on the run. Um, And Jin and Sun. I guess Jin and Sun we do get a little bit more as well. But, yeah, this is all... This has nothing to do with why Saeed was in Australia, but it's also not really going into who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. It's just going into who he is as a member of the military. Uh, which gets wrapped up in who he is as a person, obviously. But, but yeah, I mean, no need to harp on it, I guess. I just, uh, I think it's important to recognize, like, yeah, this is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um, and part of it is uh, that makes it good is that Naveen Andrews is so good and he has so much charisma. Mm-hmm. I think he would make any part likable, too. He's such a good actor. He is. And I think it should be, I mean... Maybe we should have talked about this while he was on the beach, but I think if we're looking at it as of episode nine, would you put him at hottest cast member? Oh, yeah. I think I got to. You uh, have to. Yeah. Um, and that might change over time. I don't think so. I think I, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get to season three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a particularly attractive polar bear that gets brought up then. So, nice. um, <laughs> so uh, Saeed is talking to his friend Omar, who is an officer uh, ranked above him. Uh, and Saeed gets promoted, which he's happy about. Um, and then he sees a woman being brought in uh, who Saeed recognizes. And we recognize, too, presumably. It's the woman in the photographs. Back uh, on at the camp... It's nighttime, we get another new character, Ethan. What do you think about Ethan? Wow. Mm-hmm. So much depth. <laughs> it's just unbelievable character. I mean, he is much more likable. Oh, he's than so Sully. much more likable. He's he's a little too happy to be on the island. Yeah, he seems I mean, that's probably about what I'd be like though. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'd be, like, going to bed thinking of all the bills I'm not paying anymore. That's true. Yeah, he... So, can I... Oh, I don't know if I even want to tell you this. No, I want to know. Now you uh, have to tell me. Okay, I do have to tell you now. Uh, he is uh, related to... He's a first cousin of a famous actor. It's William Mapother or Mapother. I don't know how it's pronounced. That's Ethan's name? or Yeah, that's Ethan's name. Okay. He's a... He's... The first cousin of a famous actor. Uh, mm. And I wonder if you can guess who it is. And when I say famous, I do mean, I mean, like, A-list. Obviously, it doesn't have the same last name. Uh, 
A-list like Hollywood star. Really? Big um, movies. Uh, Brad Pitt. Nope. It's it's your boy, your favorite, old Tommy Cruise. Shut up. Yeah, he's first cousins with Tom Cruise. Oh my God, is he into Scientology too? Uh, that I don't know. I guess I should have. I bet he is. He has I should, to. I should, yeah, maybe. I'm going to um, go down a rabbit hole after. Or maybe that's why he's not that famous, is that he <laughs> isn't, uh, he he's isn't a member. He's not in the cult? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Which, he, I'm sorry to any of our listeners who are uh, devout Scientologists. Yeah, we don't, we don't judge you for being a Scientologist. We do judge Tom Cruise, though. We judge we Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, we judge Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a Scientologist, you're still allowed to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, <laughs> you do need to give us money. Yeah, I will say that, <laughs> and clearly you're fine with doing that. So there's really no excuse. <laughs> uh, so Ethan and Locke are hunting buddies. Ethan knows how to hunt, and he's showing Locke. I guess they're saying the best time to hunt is at night. Uh, that hmm. doesn't seem correct, but what do I know? Um, Isn't it like early morning? I, well, I think when they're coming Dunham. back, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, but they said they've been hunting at night. Okay. Uh, so they bring Hurley some bags to go through. Now, we'll get to this, obviously, later in this episode. One of the bags that they bring him is a golf club. It's like a, you know, full of golf clubs. Whatever the word is for that. The big golf club bag. Golf bag. They should know what that is, right? Like, it's not something that they need to, like, have Hurley look through. Like, yeah, it should how did be they very lug obvious. it around, yeah. Yeah. like, without looking at it? Hey, so do you want to take this one suitcase that weighs about what a normal suitcase would weigh <laughs> with, like, clothes and stuff in it? Or do you want to take this one that weighs, like, 30 pounds extra? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like it's all metal jingling around in there. Walt uh, starts to talk to Locke while Michael is asleep, because he wants to go hunt as well. Uh, and Michael yells at him. I can't say that I'm super happy with all of Michael's behavior in this episode, but that's probably the right call here, again. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Locke's been kind of a creep. Well, the thing is, is, like, this the way that the show frames it is never that Locke is approaching Walt. Mm-hmm. Walt is always approaching Locke, which is maybe how, you know, not to say that Locke is, like, an actual pedophile. He certainly gives off some terrible vibes. and But maybe that is how, you know, groomers work in real life as they make you want to come to them. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it just feels very sinister. Well, I mean, their first interaction, he was like, do you want to know a secret? Yeah, like, you shouldn't so tell me to get a secret. Yeah, it like sets it up in a way where it's like, I don't like this. Like, yeah. don't interact with him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely on Michael's side here. Saeed is still being tortured. Uh, and there's kind of just a little exchange of information here. He tells the person torturing him that, uh, about the transmission. And, uh, wouldn't you know it, she is, uh, the French woman. Uh, so it's Mira Furlan, or Furlan. Um, she passed away last year. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she is fantastic. To be clear, she isn't French and isn't really trying to do a French accent, which is interesting. Um, she's Croatian, and oh. is basically just doing that accent. But she's great. I, she, uh, I don't know. She, she gives this. I, I don't know. She gives exactly what you want for someone. She, she feels the exact kind of weird that someone would be if they were left alone for sixteen years. She gives off like insane Sarah Connor vibes. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. 
That's exactly what she gives off. Um, I think her hair is so funny. Uh, it's gigantic and like super messy up top, and then just as it gets closer to the ends, it looks very styled. Mm-hmm. Like it just looks like still like curled and shampooed and stuff. I think they should have just gone like full like make it a disgusting tangled knot yeah. up there. Like she wouldn't care. I mean, realistically, she would just shave her head. I don't think. I think right. uh, if you're going warrior living in the jungle on your own type thing. Maybe you don't need a giant bush of hair. And she has bangs, too. How does she maintain those bangs? Well... Good for her. Yeah. Honestly. So, this is 2004. This is uh, the rise of of Zoe Deschanel, right? This is Mm -hmm. all coming... It's all coming together, and I really think she's a big part of it. (laughs) Uh, She knocks him out uh, for... Saeed's poor brain... Yeah. At this point. I mean, we're not even done. This episode is... We, we're currently like 10 minutes into the episode, so... I know. I know. <laughs> uh, her name is Rousseau, and she said that the transmission broadcasts from somewhere else, but they control it now. And she basically is assuming that uh, Saeed is one of these others that she's talking about. Uh, she never really goes into very many specifics, uh, obviously, to just kind of heighten the mystery without giving you any real answers yet. And uh, she asks about Nadia. Uh, and Saeed goes to torture her to say, uh, to Nadia in a flashback. Uh, and Nadia recognizes him. Her name is Noor, uh, but her, obviously her close friends would know her as Nadia. And they used to be childhood friends. She did the female equivalent of pulling on pigtails towards Saeed. Mm-hmm. Now this is great. Uh, she is really fantastic. Great actress. Mm-hmm. She's believable as a insurgent that's like trying to stand up to a uh, you know corrupt military or something like that. I mean, politically, who knows if that's how it should be framed, but that certainly is how the show frames it. Um, but yeah, she's great. Her name's Andrea Gabriel. I haven't seen her in much of anything else. Did you see anything about her accent or her Arabic? Uh, I did not. Okay. I'm curious now, knowing that Naveen Andrews was so bad, if hers was better, or if she is like even a native speaker. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, at this point, I don't think anyone speaks any Arabic for the rest of the episode. Yeah, you're right. Or maybe she does. I don't. I don't remember. But she doesn't answer any of his questions. He's clearly trying to, you know, go in good cop uh, here and tell her. You know, look, if you just cooperate with me, I can help you. And she shows him all of her scars, where she was burned by acid and drilled in her hands and had her feet, the skin on her feet flayed. Seems rough. And she's a real tough cookie. You know, we've talked about it too. Flashback characters don't tend to have the most depth. I think she is great because she really, I don't know, at least I really want to find out what's going on with her by the end of the episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, she's a compelling uh, backstory for Saeed. Uh, so, uh, in the present, Saeed asks who Alex is. Uh, he keeps saying, you know, Alex, who is he? And then she will just not answer. Uh, so she wanted to know where Alex was at the beginning, but, uh, will not give Saeed any more information about him. Walt wants to go to the beach, but Michael says no, and... Hurley is uh, frantically grabbing things. Um, we still don't know that he's found the golf clubs. 
he grabs a stick that Michael's working with. Jack says, what are you doing? And Hurley just laughs and then keeps going about his business. Saeed explains that uh, Nadia is dead. Um, but that's not true. By the end of the episode, he says that he doesn't know whether or not she's alive. So yeah. I guess he's just trying to, you know, get her to move on or stop talking about Nadia. I don't know. But this is what gets Rousseau to open up a little bit. She kind of like, you know, caresses his face. Again, I think this is such a good performance of someone who's just been starved for like loan or for attention and, you know, human companionship and contact for 16 years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's really great. Michael shows Jack a sketch that he's made uh, for a shower system. Um, and he says he was an artist in a previous life, even though he works construction now. And then Charlie comes to get them uh, for Hurley, because Hurley has built a golf course. This, yeah, I mean, this is definite wish, whiplash going between. This is pure lighthearted uh, side story. Yeah, it's uh, like comic relief. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because that's the entirety of what's going on at the camp. I guess maybe there's a third plot with Walt, where it's a little bit mm-hmm. more sinister mm-hmm. with Walt and Locke. But everybody is involved in this in this golf thing. Everybody's so invested in it, which I think is cool. But I feel like they could have made, like... And I know what you were saying before, where... Like, that's just not how network TV did things back then. But I feel like that would just be a fun, like, buffer episode. Like, after a really heavy one with a lot of torture and kind of getting Saeed's backstory. If they had just focused on that for, like, 40 minutes. I think that would have been a great episode. Yeah. I see why it, like, goes hand in hand with this one. Yes. My thing with that is always... Because, you know, Lost, like we said, it's 25 episodes for the first season. And I believe the first three are like 25, 23, and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about once we get there why 4, 5, and 6 don't have as many episodes. But all that to say, Lost has filler episodes for sure uh, throughout its run. Um, this isn't one. Right. Uh, but I agree that I would. I wish that filler episodes on Lost were just pure character-based because the thing that makes Lost so great is the characters. Yeah. So, like, you absolutely could have just done one episode that was fully about, like, a golf course and didn't answer any questions and didn't bring up any new questions. Mm-hmm. I think that that could have been... I think that would have been really fun, and I think that it would have been a great chance for Hurley to shine a little bit more, too. Because, like... I don't know. I think that it's really cool that he put this together for everybody, and he obviously cares a lot about, like, the group and their mental health, and it, I think that would have been fun to explore. Yeah, he's kind of the uh, the mental health advocate here. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's, I mean, and he is correct that, like, yeah, these people will explode if they don't have something yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the unrealistic thing here is that these people haven't already found something. Exactly, um, yeah, that's very besides true. Besides the golf course. Yeah. I mean, they could have been playing, you know, golf prior you don't need golf clubs or like you know official golf clubs or official golf balls to you could have done this with some sticks and a rock Mm -hmm. but yeah so Hurley explains you know how stressed they've all been talks about all the stuff that's going on there is a really great line where he talks about you know French transmissions polar bears and Michael just goes polar bear and Charlie gives him a well you didn't hear about that Mm -hmm. Um, which is funny but also is 
kind of like part of the problem of like I have no idea who knows what on this show. Yeah. Like who knows about the French transmission? He shouldn't have known about that either, but he did. Right. Or you know any of the weird stuff that's going on. Rousseau uh, shows uh, Saeed a broken music box that she has. Um, it was a gift from Robert, her love, and Saeed offers to fix it. And when he does, she gets really intense again. Mm-hmm. Fills a syringe with something and injects him and <laughs> knocks him out. Uh, yeah, this is four, I think we're on. <laughs> yep. So Saeed cannot, like, button his shirt by himself at but next episode. Like, yeah. he's gonna... They're gonna have to... I mean, maybe that's a perfect device for them to be able to explain the premise of the show every episode. Because Saeed is officially, like, getting towards 51st Dates territory. Yeah, he is. And the funniest thing about it, too, is that, like, he was being knocked out before this episode, too. Like, it's not even been two weeks, and this poor man has been knocked out unconscious multiple times. That is very true. Maybe Rousseau was the person who knocked out. I mean, she seems pretty surprised to see Saeed. Yeah, that's true. You know, that is her move, apparently, is to knock out Saeed, (laughs) and that is what happened when the, uh, the transmitter got destroyed. Have you ever had a music box? I I have yeah I have my uh, I have a music box from my grandma. Oh nice. Yeah. Yeah I've uh, I've never had one, but if I did, I imagine I would have taken it apart. Um, They're really then, fun. Yeah. But they break so easily. I don't think that I've played it in several years because sure. I'm just so afraid of it breaking. Sure. So we get. I think this is a good joke. I do like it. Michael and Jack are really close talking. They're having this really intense conversation. I, you know, whatever you want to do, but this is your call. It has to be up to you. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, guess what? It's just over which club to use. It looked like they were going to share a little kiss. It like just seemed like they're they're very close <laughs> talking. They were, uh, yeah, they were definitely smelling each other's breath on this <laughs> one for sure. I did like that interaction, though. That was yeah, really fun. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I mean, you know, Jack, as serious as he is, has had, like, jokes up until this point. And that's why it's going to make a certain scene with Kate later on so insane to me. But Michael has not really had a chance to unwind at all. Like, I think yeah. of all the, like, main people that are doing this golfing thing, he seems like the person that needs it the most. And mm-hmm. it is nice to see, because Harold Perrineau is really funny. Like, he has great comic timing. I think, Yeah. you know, the character wasn't having fun, but the scene where he walks in on Sun and he just kind of starts babbling and hands her her shirt and then keeps walking, that's really funny, and Harold Perrineau's great in it. Mm-hmm. Who joins the golf game, though? Of course, it's our old pal, Sully. He shows up complaining his rash has gotten even worse, wouldn't you know it, and asks to join. I would say no. Yeah, you I'm... can't see me right now, but yeah. I am shaking my head no. Yeah, I would not be letting this. I'd be like, oh, no. dude, I'm sorry. We're doing fours right now. <laughs> so you I would, you could totally, when we're done, we'll give you the clubs and you can play as much as you want. Um, <laughs> so Saeed, uh, he wakes up again. Uh, Rousseau apologizes. Um, so apparently what she injected him with was sedative. I personally think it would have been better if it had been steroids. And he just woke up totally ripped. Um, she moved him so that he could work on the music box. Uh, he sees a few maps. Um, and she's clearly, like, let her guard down a little bit. 
Yeah. She lets him fix the music box, um, and her name is Danielle. So she gives a little bit of a backstory here. She was with a science team. Now, obviously, more important things to talk about here. Insane to call it just a science team, right? Yeah. Like, what? What? wouldn't you say research team at the very least? I think she's lying. I think she's making it all up. Oh, interesting. Um, you don't think a woman could be a scientist? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. I, personally, <laughs> I disagree. I think it's 20, you know, it's 20, 2004, I suppose, at this point. I think women can do what they want. But if you don't agree, that's fine. <laughs> so a little bit of, uh, this was not in the script. But apparently she was supposed to, when he says, what were you guys researching? Or maybe he doesn't say that. I don't remember. He was supposed to ask that, and she would say, time. What they were researching oh. was time. The network apparently didn't want even a hint of sci-fi or anything what? like that going on, which there is crazy. There already is. That's what I was... So, there's a thing knocking down trees, right? Like... Ripping pilots out of airplanes. Like, come on now. Unless we finally do get the answer and it's just, like, one guy, like, one lumberjack who's been living alone on this island for 17 years. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, there's already some fantasy going on here. Wow. Uh, Saeed asks if uh, Robert and Alex were on the team. Uh, Robert was. She doesn't talk about Alex. Their boat sank. Saeed asks what killed the team. She basically implies that they were sick. Uh, and she mentions the Black Rock. So we talked about this in Pilot Part 2, but that did that was a phrase that came up not in Shannon's translation, but in the, if you were to actually translate the, mm. the recording that was being made. Um, it would talk about the Black Rock. Um, and she said the others, and this I think is not talking about her team, but talking about whatever group she thought Saeed was a part of, uh, were carriers, uh, maybe for the sickness. And she's never doesn't seen them. Doesn't she say at one point, or maybe I'm jumping ahead, but doesn't she at one point say they were lost? Yes, I think that was. I think that's at the end. But yeah, she okay. does. She does specifically call out like, "Yeah, they were lost." Mm -hmm. uh, she says that she can hear them in the jungle whispering, and you know, she asks, "Do you think I'm insane?" Right? And he says, "I think you've been alone too long." Mm -hmm. Short little flashback. Um, Saeed brings Nadia food, and they're running out of time for what, whatever's going to happen with her. Uh, and she still won't give him any answers or help him at all. It's great just because she is so clearly, she understands that Saeed is doing this because this is, you know, what he's being told to do. Like, she's never mad at Saeed at all. Uh, she gives, she's, she's just kind of like a, almost like a peaceful protester type of thing. To me, it felt almost like she was trying to manipulate the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know because... if she was trying to manipulate the situation. I don't think that she thought she was getting out of there. I think she was yeah. trying to manipulate Saeed into being a better person. Sure. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's not... I mean, it is uh, crazy. But what else can you do like yeah. in that situation? I mean, I'm not hating on her at all. I think that she's... Well, you could give up the information immediately. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would never... There's nothing I could get tortured for that I wouldn't give up immediately, I gotta say. It doesn't take... takes you putting down the big box of rusty tools. You don't even have to open yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so back on the beach, uh, we get we get a real big, a real long fan service shot of Shannon. 
contractually, I guess if she has spoken lines in an episode, she does have to show up in a bikini at some point. Mm -hmm. Boone tells her about the golf course. Uh, she can't believe it. Uh, she, you know, Jack's playing golf, and then Kate drops what she's carrying. She slaps her face, Home Alone style. Jack <laughs> is playing golf? She's it, This is incredible to her. I, it doesn't seem that crazy to me. Feels like if someone sets up a golf course, for sure everyone's going to play it. Right? Sawyer's line is so funny. Oh, Sawyer's and line I, is perfect. It's, yeah, exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have it written down here verbatim, so if you don't mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, doctor playing golf. Ooh, boy, howdy. Now I've heard everything. What's next? A coffee and a donut? <laughs> <laughs> I do love boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kate tells Sawyer uh, to make uh, more of an effort, you know, with... Because everyone hates him. She says, from one outcast to another. She doesn't seem like she's much of an outcast, to be honest. Seems like Boone just told her that there, right. were, there was golf going on, which he didn't tell Sawyer. But um, Saeed fixes the music box with Rousseau. Her reaction is fantastic. Um, she, you know, she's kind of, I don't know, it's just genuine and kind of sweet. Like, she... Yeah. Uh, She's hearing this song again that she, you know, I think it's a Chopin, or Chopin, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's definitely not Chopin, as I uh, <laughs> threw it up real bad in junior high, and that memory haunts me to this day. <laughs> so, she, he gives over the, the music box, but he does hold on to a screwdriver. Uh, he asks to be let go, and she basically says, no, I can't, you, you know, she, I think she says, you need me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, she's definitely... She's opened up to him, and um, but she's definitely still crazy, yeah. Uh, which is great. I mean, that's the thing about her performance is like even when you start getting to the heart of who she is, she is still not all there. Like she's definitely damaged by being on the island this long. Which, if I were alone for sixteen years, I would be so much further gone than her. Oh, really? For sure, you wouldn't be. No, <laughs> I would be. If I was alone for 16 years, I'd be ripped. I'd be, I would, I would be, like, meditating underneath waterfalls. Sure, I would be yeah. perfectly self-actualized. Mm -hmm. But I can understand the, you know, the idea of someone being a mess. It just wouldn't happen to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, can you cut that out? Can okay. Cut that out in post? Uh, no. <laughs> I've shared too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a roar above them. Uh, in... From whatever bunker they're in, uh, which we never really get a shot of either. Like we don't really get a shot of him coming out of it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of vague on like what this even looks like from the outside or anything like that. Uh, she says, "If we're lucky, it's one of the bears." And then he asks, "Is that are you are you saying it could be the monster?" And she says, "There's no such thing as monsters." And then she leaves him there. She's clearly let her guard down way too much. Um, which is weird. As someone who, like, puts up a tripwire and then a snare trap, uh, like, she clearly seems like someone who's very cautious. Yeah. So it's weird. I, I almost wonder if it's her trying to test him to see if he will escape, which he does. Um, mm -hmm. In flashback, uh, Saeed is told that he needs to execute her to Nadia, that is, to, uh, because he's run out of time. She asks him, are you going to hurt me, Saeed? Um, and then we go back to the island. Um, pretty short little flashback, but, I mean, it's, yeah, like, I think it's effective. His face, oh my god, 
the yeah. the look on his face is just so ugh, yes everything. well that's the thing too and again what makes Naveen Andrews so great is it would be so because Saeed is tortured right like that's the the big like you know uh, irony I suppose of his character is that he did all these things to people and now he has to carry it throughout mm-hmm. his life and the regrets that that brings and it would be so easy for Saeed to be this like super angsty like oh I'm a tortured soul type of thing and mm-hmm. he's not at all or not necessarily not at all but Saeed just plays or Naveen plays it perfectly he, yeah. uh, to where it's just Absolutely. heartbreaking enough without making you like roll your eyes at it mm-hmm Saeed does escape. He grabs a gun and the maps, but he leaves the picture behind of Nadia. I don't know if intentionally or just he didn't remember it. Kate and Jack flirt on the golf course a little bit when she finally gets there. She apparently, she, she apparently, someone fetched the smelling salts to rouse her from, uh, I assume she must have fainted at some point. Seeing, she must have. Yeah, seeing Jack with that golf club. Uh, and Jack gives all the credit to Hurley. He says, this is all Hurley's doing. And, you know, I do everything I can to keep people safe and they don't feel safe. And then he builds a golf course and all of a sudden they feel safe. Which I think is interesting. Like, Jack is not, he's not necessarily a bad leader in terms of the decisions he makes. But he's maybe not somebody that these people can put their faith in like they can with Hurley. I think his issue is that he's so hell-bent on being practical and pragmatic that he doesn't really, like, take into account the people element. Yes, for sure. Which I think Hurley is, like, the perfect um, counterpart to that because he obviously cares about it a lot, and he has. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Hurley is... A crowd pleaser, both in the sense of who he is as a character on the show, right? Like he's comic relief, and he's mm-hmm. but just in in terms of how he, he, I mean, he's trying to make things better for people. Basically, every time he's talking, yeah, he's almost never the antagonist in anything. Yeah, um, I love Hurley. Oh, I do too. I, he's he's one of my favorite characters. I, I mean, you know, I like them all except for Charlie. What are we putting mm-hmm. Hurley at? Here's my thought. You can tell me if you're. If you disagree, I've mm-hmm. always thought of Hurley as a bit of a Libra. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. He yeah. needs to have the balance. Yeah. I kind of, um, I get a little bit of like Pisces vibes from him too. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's a little daydreamy with his Walkman. Oh, yeah. And constant Star Wars references and thinking that <laughs> a bomb or a, a dog can sniff out water because it can sniff yeah. out a bomb. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. So... Walt comes... I mean, this is heartbreaking. Uh, we are obviously a podcast oh. about daddy issues. Um, yeah. Most of the time we're talking about characters with daddy issues, but it's pretty mm-hmm. rare that we see it happening in real time. Um, Walt comes up and asks why Michael left him all alone, and Michael says, no, I left you with Claire, who does not appear in this episode, by the way. Um, turns out, And who's also, like, nine and a half months pregnant yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> and then apparently Claire fell asleep, uh, and Michael apologizes. And it seems like he's trying to, like, make amends, and then immediately Charlie's like, hey, Michael, it's your turn. And Michael's like, all right, well, catch you later, kid. I'm going to go golf now. Uh, and not only that, but he's telling 
uh, Walt, like, you should take a swing at it. And then it's like, oh, it's your turn. Like, I thought that he was going to give the turn to his son. Yeah. That would, that's like a no brainer. (laughs) Right. And then he's like, oh, no, my turn. It's all about me. Yeah. Sad. I, I think it is partly, you know, kind of what I was saying in terms of like, I think Michael does need a break. Like, it is yeah. wild when you think about, like, everyone else has the stress of all this that's going on, but Michael has that plus the fact that his he's a parent to a kid that he doesn't know that well. Yeah, his estranged son is there yeah. on the island with him. Um, so, uh, Walt just kind of takes off while Michael's golfing. Saeed heads back, I guess, towards the camp is what it seems like. And he comes across uh, Russo. And we get a flashback. Said breaks uh, Nadia out. Um, but uh, Omar stumbles across them. And Omar, Said has to shoot him, basically. And then he shoots himself uh, so that she can mm-hmm. get away. Um, he shoots himself in the leg. Uh, here's my question to you, Emma. If you got to do this, where are you shooting yourself? For you gotta, I got to say, leg is not it for me. No, absolutely not. Probably, like, my left shoulder. That's exactly what I was thinking. Really? It's gotta be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'd be fine with one arm for a while. But, like, he's, yeah. he's gonna be bedridden for who knows how long. Uh, maybe you hit that big old And he has a real artery. nasty scar from it, too. Yeah. Like, that we saw earlier. Like, who knows? Yeah. Like, I feel like it'd be so easy to get infected in a... Which, now that I think about it, how did she see that? Did she take off his pants? Did we miss that? (laughs) I don't know, actually. I have no idea. Because it was on his thigh. It was on his thigh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But he... Oh, oh, um... I think it was because the stick got into his leg. Oh, So there's, like, a hole in his pants. That's true. And then she saw it. All right. Whew. I was so afraid we were going to have to... Me too, (laughs) or so. I didn't want to do it, but... uh, Mm -mm. And she's been gone for 16 years. She doesn't understand what it's like culturally now. You can't just mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. That's true. Um, <laughs> so Saeed, she raises her gun at Saeed, and he is, you know, begging her not to do it, but then finally he realizes he's going to have to shoot her. And uh, it clicks and nothing happens. She took the firing pin out, and then she says Robert didn't notice it was missing either. Um, and he was sick. And then, yeah, this is where she talks about how her team got was lost mm-hmm. in terms of lost to her. We haven't seen anybody really get sick except for, I guess, this guy with his tropical jungle rash. Um, uh, so it's interesting that everyone on her team got sick. I mean, it's really ambiguous, right? Like, it kind of feels like a someone's delusions about whether or not, you know, about their team being, uh, her team being sick like, just being enemies of her or something like that. Like, you could see that, too. Well, it seems to me, like, I was watching the episode and it felt more like, okay, this lady snapped. Yes. And she got super paranoid. Yes. And ended up killing her team. Yeah, which there could be, we don't know if there's a reason for that or if she's just crazy. So it's interesting, and this episode doesn't really answer it. It gives you her side of it, which is all you can get at the moment. Yeah, and it's also cool, too, because, and which now, like, going back to your statement about how they, like, cut out the time element that she is researching time, mm-hmm. like, this is such a supernatural episode, because you have the the monster element mm-hmm. in full swing, 
Yeah. Plus her, like, is she crazy? Is she not crazy? Like, yeah. It just, it seems so silly to cut that out. Like, it would have added so much more. Yes. Oh, I the, agree. I think it's yeah, a big mistake. Yeah, it just is insane. Saeed manages to kind of talk her down. He tells her, you'll find me in the next life, if not in this one. Which is what Nadia writes on the back of his photograph of her. Which we don't, yeah, there's no more flashbacks to the rest of this episode. And mm-hmm. it seems like Saeed, Saeed basically talks about, right, like... You know, for seven years, I've been wondering whether or not she's still alive. But doing that has pushed me away from everyone, and I need to really, you know, band together with people. Which is him making the decision to go back to the camp. I think that's kind of unfortunate. And this is, again, I think them writing themselves into a corner a little bit. Because now, what else can we have from Nadia? Right? We can't have anything because he doesn't know if she's alive. So there hasn't been more interactions in the past seven years, as far as we know. Unless Mm -hmm. there's another thing that happens where we don't know whether or not she makes it out of, I suppose. Um, But it it kind of is in the same vein as them having Charlie give up his drugs, you know, in his first episode. Yeah. Because now all of his flashbacks are going to be about him doing drugs. And in that same way, like... Up, Saeed was surprised to see Nadia, which means we're not going to get anything, unless it's them as children, we're not going to get anything mm-hmm. prior to this event. And then now we're not going to get anything after. Yeah. But, I mean, that does, you know, lead... It does give Saeed more room to be developed as a person outside of his time in the army. Uh, we'll see whether or not that occurs. He is going back to his people. He offers... He says, why don't you come with me? Um... I wouldn't make that offer. I would. Nope. Yeah. She seems crazy. Yes. I'd be like, you stay here, lady. Yeah. I'm going to sedate you with a dirty needle. <laughs> you yeah. cannot follow me. <laughs> she, But she doesn't want to come. And uh, she says that Alex uh, was her child. So that's that mystery answered, I guess. Uh, we don't have any more information there. Jack is putting. Somebody says you're doing this for the blazer. Uh, which... To me is, uh, I know that obviously they're just referencing like the green blazer from like the the Masters tournament or whatever golfing. Um, there should be an actual blazer, I think, that they have. That if you win the golfing tournament on the island, you do have to wear that <laughs> on the island. It's more of a curse yeah. than anything. Yeah. It's so hot yeah. on that island when it's ninety five degrees with a hundred and two percent humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wear this uh, this uh, blazer because you won at golf. Or maybe that's what the loser gets. I don't know. Um, yeah, it should be the loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's what, the reason I'm saying that. I think Matthew Fox could rock a sleeveless blazer for sure. Mm, yeah. So everyone starts betting on Jack's putt and Sawyer. Well, Charlie first. Oh, yeah. Strikes out. Yeah, Charlie almost makes it and then doesn't. Uh, I mean, again, I said it earlier. This is, I think Charlie's, this is the most I'm charmed by him so far. Um, yeah. He's pretty funny. I guess Jorge Garcia has said that him and Dominic Moynihan ad-libbed most of their, like, talking trash dialogue or probably, like, that stuff about the mulligan or it's mm. a gentleman's sport, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is fun. I imagine in a show like Lost, you don't get to do that very much. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and whatever you think of Dominic Moynihan, I think he is a charming guy, so it's nice to see that shine through. Sawyer tries to join in with the betting. You know, I got two tubes of sunscreen and something or another that 
the duck chokes it, uh, and everyone just stares at him, and it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kate throws him an olive branch, says she'll take that action. Boone says he'll join in as well. It's just insane that Boone would be the one that's like, okay. Yeah, I know that I uh, you beat me up yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> you beat me up yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're going to do that, it should be Boone doing it to start with. It shouldn't be Kate. Boone right. should be the one to like be the bigger guy. Because then it just seems like he's a little worm that needs sunscreen. Um, mm-hmm. Which he does, because Shannon must be going through it at astronomical rates compared to everyone else. Uh, because she's the only one uh, not wearing anything on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> and just laying out in the sun in a bikini all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Walt asks Locke to show him how to throw a knife. And Locke hands him the knife. Shouldn't be doing that. Nope. Uh, and then on the way back from Rousseau's uh, bunker, or wherever it is, uh, Saeed begins to hear whispers in the woods. So these whispers, Rousseau had talked about them. They are, she says that she can hear the others whispering. We don't know what they are right now, obviously. Uh, But you can actually separate out what they're saying, apparently. Oh. Because I guess it is like a stereo thing, so the left track is saying one thing, the right track is saying one thing... And maybe there's something in the center saying something, and so it's all just kind of overlaid and, you know, modulated or whatever. Um, Here is what they are saying in this episode. Here's everything that you can pull from it. There's a male voice saying, uh, just let him get out of here. Uh, One saying, he's seen too much already. One saying, what if he tells? A female voice saying, could you speak to him? And a male voice saying, no. Mm, Spooky. It is spooky. So there's... There's actually a bunch that we missed that I didn't know about. Oh, uh, okay. Because I looked it up because I wanted to find those transcripts. Because I knew that you could... I didn't. I never noticed the whispers before, but they do actually occur uh, when in the pilot. Mm. So it's when whenever the, whatever the monster is. Um, shows up so at the beach when they're all seeing the trees get knocked down and around the cockpit. I, I'm not going to go through them. There's a bunch of them, but it's a lot of like just like creepy stuff, frankly. Anything that like stands out to you, like just a couple. One says, "Kill the pilot, chase them away." Oh. Um, one says, "Make him run for his life." You know, uh, bet that lightning bolt skate scared her when Kate was in the tree. I guess. Um, Wow. Do you remember what the plan was? Do you know what to do with them if they don't leave? Tell me when you're ready. That It's just a bunch of uh, weird stuff. Uh, very spooky. Scary. I mean, it's yeah. the, that's the spookiest thing that has happened so far. In, I just got chills, that. kind of. Yeah. Because, like, no, that that's really scary. Um, I have the subtitles on when I watch because I'm always paranoid that i'm gonna miss stuff like that sure. and it doesn't show up on the subtitles at all like it just is like eerie howling yeah is the, uh what comes up yes apparently from the um original captions that were like the closed captions that were on tv you could actually get some of them oh really um, okay but not in whatever's on hulu now mm-hmm. uh, i don't know what's on hulu now i always am wondering about that kind of stuff i was i've been watching uh, have you seen that show, Stranger Things? Mm, I've heard of it. Okay. So there's 
uh, I've been watching that recently, and it's very funny to me. I have the captions on for that, and it will constantly be like ominous music turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or like weird synth plays or something like that. Twin and Peaks Lost... has the best subtitles. Does it? What is the Twin Peaks one? There's... Oh, ominous whoosh. Yeah, ominous whooshing. Yeah, yeah ominous whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of the episode. We have no gin at mm-hmm. all. Or Claire, we get a mention of Claire, and Sun appears, but once with a uh, no speaking role. The aloe vera. Or actually, that two. Sully's confused about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, well, what is this aloe vera? Like, what do you think it is? Oh, whatever. Yeah. We can't. <laughs> Here's the thing about Sully, right? And I'm just gonna say this now. This is not really a spoiler. Uh, it's honestly a very weird thing about the show. There's not really a better time to talk about it. He never shows up again. We will never see that character again. There's never a point Which where he was you, like, so annoying this episode. Like, yeah. you, he should come up again. He should yeah. be like the new annoying guy. So he should give be, Charlie a break. Let he should be the ultimate guy. villain. Yeah, he should of the be. show. He's the, the monster. Should, yeah, Jack should reach like the the office building that's in the middle of the island mm-hmm. and get there and open up the door and the the big computer chair swirls around and who's sitting in it but Sully. <laughs> uh, so you figured out what was going on with my rash, huh? That's what it should be. No, he never shows up again. There's never even a hint of what happens to him. It's very weird. They just wanted to drop this guy, I guess. Does Ethan show up again? Ethan does show oh, up okay, again. Cool. I believe in the next episode even. Got it. He has a little bit. Um, speaking of the next episode, we've got um, episode 10 next week, Raised by Another. It's a Claire episode. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm so that'll be excited. good. Now, you might be thinking, as a viewer, hmm, Claire is currently batting like 500 in terms of how many episodes she's shown up in in this show. Isn't it weird that she's getting an episode before, like, I don't know, Michael? Um, yeah, that is weird, I think. But I also think that the the Quans were not an obvious choice for, like, episode six either. Yeah. Um, so I like that they're kind of doing it out of order. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, overall, though, this was a, a great episode. I think um, I think anytime you let Naveen Andrews really... I think it's just great because all of his stuff was with basically one person, right? Like, it was mm-hmm. always with either Rousseau or with Nadia, and then a little bit with the Omar guy. Yeah. Um, and it really gives him a chance to shine and them a chance to shine. I think it's really good. How did this one rank? Did you look that up? Oh, no, I forgot to look that up. Let me look that up real quick. Okay. Um, while I'm doing that, why don't you um, tell... Or do you, did you have a favorite character this episode, Emma? Oh. Any particular... Yeah. Um, listen, I... I mean, the easy answer would be Saeed, right? Like, sure. he just really has a chance to shine. But I think... I think even beyond Saeed, I think that um, the island, I think that the island is, oh. it really, you know, it comes into its own. You get those sweeping shots in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's really like a playground for Rousseau and uh, Saeed. Well, and for the writers, too. Like and for the writers. Some, because, like, you have, you have the contrast of the island where the golf course is just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then the creepy, like, jungle woods that Syed is going through with the whispers and everything like that. Yeah. It gives it such an ambiance. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Like, you're not going to get 
the island is pivotal to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just not gonna. It's not gonna work without that. And could you have yeah. lost without the island? No. No, of course not. They course would just not. keep walking yeah. until they found something else, <laughs> and then they wouldn't be lost no more. Uh, so, all right, solitary comes in basically almost right in the middle, number sixty-four. Okay. Uh, I guess that seems right. It's a good episode. Was um, Charlie's episode ranked higher than that? No, Charlie's was... Where was Charlie's? Uh, Charlie's was ranked higher than um, Sun and Jin's, right? Yeah, but that that one was rated so low for some reason. Yeah. I'm interested to hear. I don't know if we've gotten any... I mean, obviously we've gotten hundreds, almost thousands of letters and such. Uh, it's very you know, overwhelming. It's, it's been too but much. But we love it. We do like it, obviously, but it's too much. Mm-hmm. But I love it. But I haven't, I don't know if we've gotten any, I think, I don't know, I think that we are maybe way higher on House of the Rising Sun than most people. I, I me in particular, I was a huge fan of that episode. I loved that episode. I also loved I this episode. I, yes. Yeah. I actually, I would say up until this point, I would still put House of the Rising Sun as my number one so far. But no, Charlie's episode was 72. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad this um, one was ranked higher. It definitely deserves to be ranked higher, yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, well, uh, until until next week with episode 10, Raised by Another, um, goodbye, get lost. Goodbye and get lost. Goodbye and get lost.